This is CEO Chats, a candid and open convo about business as a female entrepreneur. Because not all CEOs wear suit ties and cufflinks. Hey babes, it's Natalie and I'm back with another episode. And this episode is a Chats with Nat. And who I have in the pink seat today is Ainsley. Ainsley is an author, speaker, interviewer, and founder and chief brand engineer at Engineer Your Brand. Ainsley lives and breathes branding throughout everything she does in her work, both at the Boutique Brand Strategy Consultancy, which is Engineer Your Brand, and through her writing, speaking, and interviewing. She's committed to helping a create a healthy food future, which is why the majority of her branding efforts go towards building better for you, food, beverage, and wellness brands. So I am going to give Ainsley a big warm welcome. So thank you for coming on the show, Ainsley. Thank you so much for having me here. It's uh, exciting to sit down and chat with you. Yes. So those who have been listening to the other episodes already, you have definitely solved me um, authorize this book and also have been posting about this book. So please, 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 you know, this is the this is grab your books, the ones who have bought it. And let's go ahead and get a deep conversation and discussion about this. So Ainsley, can you please tell us about how did you get into writing this book? And then also about your brand engineer your brand? Yeah, absolutely. So I I had a history in branding and marketing for working for some some large companies for about 10 years, um, primarily in the food and beverage space. So I was really, really fortunate to work for some great brands like Coca-Cola, Campbell's Soup, Dove, and and some really just great brands. And I, I learned a lot. One of the things that I realized while working for those companies, though, was that while these big companies know what branding is, they know what marketing is, they operate in a little bit of a different way than a lot of small businesses. So as I started working kind of on the side for a while, consulting with companies that were just starting out, helping them build their brands, I realized there was a huge gap between what big businesses know and what small businesses know. So that ultimately led me to leaving working for big corporations and starting my own agency, Engineer Your Brand. And and that's what we do. We work with smaller companies to help them build their brand and really think about it the way that, you know, their larger competitors are thinking about it. But I just realized in doing that, that there is so much information to share and so many people out there starting their own businesses right Mm -hmm. now in all different phases. And we're all going through different levels of bootstrapping and scaling. And lots of people are focused on different things at different times. So, you know, we are a small agency, Mm -hmm. we're only able to help so many people. So the book was really a great way to reach more people and just share that knowledge to say, hey, your brand is not just your logo, there is so much Mm -hmm. more, it's not just the visual, visual piece. So this is kind of like a how-to guide for how to look at your brand the way a lot of the larger companies are so that these small companies that are up and coming can become the next great brands. I love that. I feel like Ainsley is just like right now me, but I'm trying to get to that stage. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to get to that stage of just uh, with my agency of really finding that niche. Because right now I have a lot of people that always come to me for graphic design. And I love branding. Like I... I just love creating it, although I help them create the 
collateral that they need for their brand. But I also love talking about it. And like you said, you know, working from a corporate, a corporate realm and then moving, you know, moving into your own small agency, see what they're missing. You see what they're not educated on because they don't have all of those means to get that, those resources. And so that's why, like you said, that's why I started my agency as well, because it's so much they don't know. And they have the clientele, they have the customers, but the branding is down. And that could possibly like stop the 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 sales or lower the sales because branding is everything so Ainsley just gave me like oh my god that's me in like five years kind <laughs> 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 of spiel so and I also love the fact that you also said that you can't help everybody in you know creating other avenues for them to learn from you even if you can't be able to access them. And that is the book. So I love that you also monetized in a whole other way about that because I'm thinking of doing the same thing um, as far as like a book, but it's more so like me, it, it might be a self-help book about mm-hmm. me starting my business and just continue moving forward. Um, you know, in, I in love entrepreneurship. That. Yeah, I don't know what it's going to be called. I, I have a few names that I'm going with, a few quotes that I have like up up against the wall. I'm like, this is going to be my book name, but somebody just told me just, just write, just write and it'll come out. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. You know, the title was one of the things for the book that came later for me. I knew as I started writing, I was like, I want to give people a framework. And then I started writing down all these pieces and I was like, what is it that people struggle with like the most? And when I, I realized when I say, oh, like we're a brand strategy company and most typically what people would say is, oh, so you design like logos and stuff. And it's like, well, like that's a piece of it, but your brand is so much more than that. And it was mm-hmm. always this huge gap. And then it just kind of clicked like, oh yeah, branding beyond logos, that makes sense. So yes, right. just just sit down and write. Um, yeah. And then, and then yeah, the, the title will come. And, and you know, there's lots of great things to do as well to make sure that your title connects with who you need it to connect with mm-hmm. um, in terms of like, surveys, testing, things like that to make sure that it's going to deliver what you need it to deliver. Cool. I thank you for that insight because I've been I've, I've been I've been interviewing a lot of people who have books and stuff and I'm just like I don't know what to do and I'm like people have been telling me what to do I'm just psyching myself out so <laughs> so jumping into the book and getting some more understanding and like it is it's it's numerous principles on how to brand yourself and so ones the four that stuck out to me was purpose strategic alliance experience and consistency and why those four stuck out to me is of course if the business pays are listening um to of course the other episodes that have been going forward i always talk about um finding your purpose and then also having that consistency in your brand but the other two um also really spoke out to me about a strategic alliance and building like a network behind that and working yourself through um things that actually can work for you to for more exposure for your brand and then to me those kind of tie in with experience you know if you experience things take them on that journey with you and then also you might have a story that needs to be told or just in general an education that could help somebody else so coming up with these principles how did you how did you as far as like of course you knowing branding in general but you putting yourself in this mindset of kind of making it user-friendly and easy to read for the user to understand what they truly need um to do in order to brand their business how was that kind of like putting that together 
Yeah, for me, I like to always put the hat of whoever it is I'm trying to target on. So for me, I always say that I was writing this book for Jim, the woodworker who lives in like middle America. He's great (laughs) at what he does. He can create beautiful things and people love what he does, but it's kind of all over everything that he's doing. You know, what he says on his website is different than how his store feels different to who he's, who he's partnering with. And I kind of just like always had this gym character in my mind and were to think, okay, what are all the pieces of his or her business? Jim or let's say Jane, um, you know, what's the pieces of their business that they're working on that they think that they should be doing that they probably are doing and where is their potential for something to go astray? And, you know, I you specifically touched on the strategic alliance piece and that for me is a big one that, that I see a lot of companies kind of fall down on because we think that because we have a company, we want to sponsor this, we want to sponsor that. Um, and it's, it's a really easy way for companies to kind of go way off brand because of course you just, you want to give, you want to give back to the community and 100% we should do that. But if you're doing it through your company, it does still need to be on brand. And that comes to your experience as well. Like whether it be your experience online versus your experience in store, how someone comes into Jim's store where he's got all of his furniture needs to give you the same feel as if you're going to check out the website. Um, So I just kind of put myself in the shoes of who I was trying to write for and think, you know, where are all the the potential places where they can go wrong or kind of even like zip through simple things that are like, oh, I don't need to worry too much about about, you know, the online experience or even the colors. Oh, I just really like this color, but I don't really know what it stands for, but I like it. Like all these little, little tiny details really do make up our brand. So Mm -hmm. like where could people go wrong? And then how do we kind of make sure that they don't? Yeah. And another thing I also noticed that about your book, I'm weird. I look at everything. But (laughs) (laughs) another thing I notice about your books are the chapter names and Mm. how simplistic they are. And a lot of people get in this mind funk that they think that branding is so hard because it just looks hard. Like, I don't know how to do that. And when they're opening that book and they can see that these these all of the principles are laid out for them in the same exact manner, you know, you beginning to read this like okay this is a breath of fresh air because I would I was thinking that I was gonna have to break this puzzle down and figure it out but it's so easy to understand and I think that is also something that plays a part in of course your branding as well that I'm here to help you and, and, and get you to understand that this isn't the hardest part of your business this should be the easy and the most fun and creative way but also you should pay attention to some of these things because it's a huge deal breaker as far as how far your brand can go or the best way that your brand can go so as far as like um the the purpose for your business um for those who might not have gotten the book yet um and they just need a little bit more insight why do you feel your brand is your purpose or why should purpose be your brand yeah, great, great question. And that's probably my my favorite part of uh, of branding is really yeah. cracking that nut for people. Um, your purpose and your why is, you know, why you're offering whatever it is that you are offering yeah. and why on earth 
anyone should care about it. More specifically, why whoever it is that you can benefit should care about it. So when you get really, really crystal clear about, you know, what is it that you want to accomplish in this world, your brand, what you want it to accomplish. Mm -hmm. And like, I find people don't think big enough necessarily here. They think, oh, well, I'm just selling, you know, I'm just selling bracelets. But it's like, no, no, no. Think about like what your bracelet actually does for people. Does it lift people up and give them confidence? Cool. Your purpose is to give people confidence. Does your bracelet allow people to feel a sense of connection to, you know, a local artist? Does it remind them of community? Like really take the time to think, what does this actually do for people on a deep emotional level because people buy emotion that's what we connect to we're not necessarily buying tangible things we're buying the emotion that it gives us and the emotions that we feel so when you're when you're thinking of your your purpose really really dig deep there and think you know I like to think about your massive transformative purpose so this is like your big audacious goal like what is it that you want to accomplish and one of the ways that I I look to do this which is like I guess it's somewhat morbid when I say it out loud, (laughs) but I like to look at it as like writing the obituary for your brand. So if you were to go into the future and say that, you know, your brand had passed, you know, what would, what would that obituary say? What would someone say at the end? Who did it impact? You know, what did it really deliver for people and how did it, how did it change lives? And, and I really do think that when you force yourself to look at, the purpose of your brand in terms of why it actually exists, it just comes to life so much stronger because you realize throughout everything that you do that it's bigger than you. Right, exactly. And you did make a point in the book that you stated that, you know, your brand's purpose will propel your business forward. And so once you kind of find out exactly what, you know, your like you say, your purpose is in life, because that's going to be that's going to be the guns and butter. Like we have to figure mm-hmm. out what it is that you said that makes you, you, or if you're a product or service-based business, what is it about your product or your services that makes it, you know, better than the rest? Like, how are you, why is Bob's burgers so much better than Paul's patties? You know, so. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> no. And it's so true. And it's one of the things when you're thinking about purpose too, is like, what's going to make this, so valuable for who I want to serve. Like for you as an individual, you know, what's driven you to create this business, but then how is it really going to impact people? And then you can get really, really clear. Well, Bob's burgers are better because we use like all natural beef or whatever it may be. And then you can really go hard on believing that and knowing, no, 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 we, we need to get more people here because we want them to to feel better from the beef that they're having. And you can really rally yourself, your customers, your suppliers, everyone behind a purpose. Getting people rallied behind a product is difficult. Getting them rallied behind something bigger than them, that's that's where the magic happens for you. Yeah. And I think that's why sometimes some say as if Chick-fil-A weird, but Chick-fil-A <laughs> has that cow, although they don't sell any beef. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they picked up on what they sell. They have the best chicken. Yeah. And, you know, you think about why the 
heck do they have a cow? But we love that <laughs> stupid cow. We have probably bought the bean baby of that cow and they don't have anything in here that is of beef. But, you know, pinpointing on that and the cows and I never noticed the cows are always messing up. <laughs> and I think it's because they're probably playing on that. They're jealous of chicken. That's yeah. just... <laughs> That's just what I think of that why the cow is here because the cows are always messing up the signs and it's so cool. But we learn to recognize those two or that one cow. And we're like, I know that's Chick-fil-A because Chick-fil-A's cow looks like that. And their handwriting looks like chicken scratch. You know, their font that they use look like chicken scratch. So like you said, really figuring out your purpose. And if your purpose is giving out the best chicken and also the best customer service, you know, everything else is going to be, you know, the best about us, whether that's the best lemonade, because they got some good lemonade, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and then also they know family is there. So, you know, they have a family oriented kind of vibe as well and the spiritual vibe too as well. And they always provide those different things. So I'm glad you talked about that is, is, is like that. And that's the very first chapter you guys is purpose. Because we cannot be in business. We can't do what we do if we don't know why we do it. And as you said, who we do it for. And that's also important as well in creating that brand. And another thing that I also noticed is is, is that, like you said, when you find out, you know, what you're good at, that's when your branding starts. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm the queen for throwing out food. I'm sorry, you guys. I'm like hungry 24-7. <laughs> but, you know, Chick, uh, not Chick-fil-A, Chipotle, you know, they are, at the time that they were coming out, they were that new, refreshing, like, place to eat and chick-fil-a that goes into how their design is and how all of the architecture is in their in their restaurants this all sleek and clean and modern look so the app the not the app the advertisement looks sleek and clean and modern inside it does the chrome plays on the mental mind to think that it's the future you know it's a lot of ways that like Ainsley was saying that once you find your purpose and you find what you're good at, you can start playing on that for branding purposes and to get people to not just buy the product, but to like you and to like what you always put out or actually that experience that you're giving them. So, which of course leads into the experience, (laughs) the experience part of it. Yeah. I just want to add like one thing there too. I find that when you figure out your purpose and like the the really deep level purpose, it makes everything else you do a lot, lot easier because you have like a gut check right away from that. So you can say, mm-hmm. all right, is this really delivering, you know, family moments? Is this yeah. delivering, you know, the best quality food, whatever it may be, but you have a gut check. So it makes it really, really clear for a lot of the things to come for your brand and your business. Right, definitely. And another porch part that I also read in the book was you have to design a powerful user experience, you know, mm-hmm. and that is and that is also something that can tie into your social media that can tie into whether or not you possibly your business has an app or the website, um, anything like that, like you said, goes into how when they first walk into your brick and mortar, or when they first see your product or your website, whatever the case, your app or what, what, whatever they, that you have for them to first see, 
How is that conveying to them that they need to they need to take into part what you are offering? And that is to me, that was important, too, because I think that as business owners that are quickly coming up, we don't pay attention to how our our user experience is happening, whether that's on like the mobile devices where we're on our, you know, on our phones or if that's on the desktop, <clears throat> You know, and how our how is our content kind of conveying to them that they can sometimes you can put them through a click rate. I mean, a click trap, you know, they're continuously yeah. clipping and going through your website, your blog, your social yeah. media, whatever. And are we are we doing that? You know, are we doing these brand audits to to say that we have all of these check marked off like we have purpose check marked off? We have experience check marked off and that, you know, going through this book and I'm I'm. You guys, I'm just not saying it. It's honestly something that I looked at. I'm like, this is what I talk about all the time. So it's crazy <laughs> to be like, oh my God, here's my encyclopedia. You know? So <laughs> I love that you talked about that as well because sometimes these the user the user experience is not always not always there. And you know, have you did you see kind of like that with your clients for you putting that in there? Did you see that was kind of like a downfall for them? Yeah, I think sometimes it comes back to overcomplicating things. And especially right now when we're talking about like user experience from an online presence as well, a lot of people are trying to figure out what's the best funnel and how do I collect this and how do I convey that? And you're trying to do so many things all at once. Again, put yourself in the mindset of who's coming to your website. Number one, why are they there? What is the purpose that they're going there? Are they looking for information? Are they looking to find out about you? Are they looking to, you know, watch a video, but why they are there and then thinking, okay, what might help them get there faster? What might help them be a bonus added benefit that's going to build to that experience that I'm also offering. If they're coming to my website and it's all about, you know, style tips, well then 100% they're going to like, you know, a pop-up that comes up that says, Hey, do you want to get a curated list coming right to your email box? Like once a week? Yes. Sign me up because you know that that's what I'm there. But if you're sending me something that's going to ask something way off base or just say, Oh my gosh, this is, this is my least favorite thing. Sign up for my newsletter. But why? Like why as a user, you got to give people the reason why we have, you know, limited time and people have such a short attention span. If they're coming to your website, give them reasons to do whatever it is that they want to do. People need to be guided. So if you want them to do something, you need to tell them how it's going to benefit them, how it's going to benefit them. And that is, you know, really, really key when you're thinking about user experience, whether that be online, you know, how is this going to make their life easier? How is this going to surprise and delight them? Um, And then same, you know, your experience, whether that be in an establishment as well, like a retail store, like, Mm -hmm. how will this make it seem so seamless? And there's no interruption, and it just seems like exactly what what people want. So yeah, for me, I thought it was important to talk about about that because I think that people get caught up in, oh, someone said that I need to do a pop-up and, oh, I also have to have this and, you know, I need to always have all this information. But I always like to strip it back and say, well, what does the customer want and need and why are they there? And offer them that. And, and that, you know, that's creating a remarkable experience. If you can give that to someone on their first impression for you, 
well, then they're going to be that much. You're already starting on like a really high note with them, right? Mm -hmm. Then when they go to the next page, you have another opportunity. But if all of a sudden you annoy them right off the bat, and then it's, it's frustrating to try to find something on your website or in your store, you know, they're frustrated. And that frustration about that experience translates into frustration that they're feeling about their brand. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but when I'm frustrated, I don't feel like buying. I feel like right. getting out of wherever I am, whether it be a website, whether that be a store, whether that be, you know, a pop-up location, whatever that may be. You don't want to stay where you're frustrated. Right. Exactly. So true. I love that you said that because I, I would, when you stated that, that I noticed somebody, I know it's one of the other people that I follow, but they always are coming from a, you don't know kind of of vibe and so I know it and Mm. the reason why your business isn't succeeding is because you don't and I'm like but what if they are and it could possibly just mean that they just need some help yeah and you are selling the help but it's like in the manner and how you're saying this the videos the lives you're putting out you know the 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 other content you're putting out is driving them away from it and then like you said even more frustration and they're not going to want to buy and so I'm glad that you said that because I I, I noticed a few people who are I don't know if you're familiar it might be just here in the um, (laughs) United States but it's a college called Everest and Mm -hmm. Everest College has these commercials is very well known and they're like conveying students to get into college but the commercial is from a person who's regular average Joe or average Jane and they're talking mm-hmm. to them, you need to get your butt off the couch right now and go to Everest College. <laughs> that's how they're t- <laughs> that's how they're talking. So it would come on before the Maury um, Povich show. So mm. everybody, you know, everybody loved Maury at that at that early time in the early thousands. And so Everest College would be the number one commercial that would play. And it would be somebody that's an average Joe was like, if I can do it, you can do it. So get on right. You know, <laughs> <laughs> It was, it's hilarious. So if you, uh, you're on YouTube after this, go look up Everest College, <laughs> Everest like the tree. Um, so not Everest, Everest or Everest Forest. Anyway, but it's Everest College and it has a tree next to it. And it's, it's a commercial that is just badgering at the person who's watching it. Like they're looking dead in the camera, pointing and talking, I'm talking to you. Yeah, you yeah. get off the couch. It's hilarious. But um, I've been noticing people having videos like that. Their ads are like that. And like you said, that plays into that customer's experience. And that content that you're giving them, that push and punch to the face, sometimes it might help for people who need it, but not everybody, you know. And sometimes you have to just meet and know who your customers are and how to target them, but also your product and think about, Every content that you put out, like you said, has to be on brand. If we are conveying a message that might shy away our customers, we might need to change how we're doing things because our brand speaks about help. Our brand speaks about advocacy and not badgering somebody for not being able to maybe physically or mentally or financially to pay for certain services. So I love that that you mentioned that. 
Another that I wanted to go into, although some might not be at that state yet, but um, uh, the portion of I'm talking about employees and the mm. culture of of your business. And even if even if you babes listening now, you do not have a uh, employees or interns or anything like that or a corporate office and you possibly are just having a customer service system some of the tips in here are really still important um and so i wanted to read um or pinpoint two of them which is setting up your workspace so it's reflective of your brand and the other one was to hire based on culture more than skill set and to me why those pulled out to me was because i think now how society has it is you have to get a degree you have to have a master's or right now a bachelor's is equivalent to a high school diploma blah 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 blah. and outside of that we don't like you said hire for that culture and i think that's important because if we get any help we get any assistance or we're having a customer service um somebody possibly can help us with customer service or shipping or however else we have to make sure that everybody that's helping us has the same love and passion for what we're doing and what we're selling because we just if we have to coexist with each other and you're just here for the money <laughs> you're just yeah. here you think you know everything besides for me i founded the business or you know i love the business it's gonna be it, it it might not be as a great culture as it is for that office and then the other that um that was important with like you said step your uh set up your workspace is a reflect as a reflection of your brand i love that because sometimes that can also be inspiration that can mm-hmm. always be a constant reminder of how you're supposed to represent or what even what you what you need to create for your for your brand so was that kind of sort of how you know taking your own advice from how you kind of set up engineer your brand yeah absolutely so i I struggled to find the right spot for a while. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people do. So I have a primarily remote team um, from all over, mostly from various parts of Canada and America. Um, But we are all over. So for me, it's okay. I do the the majority of our client meetings. And our team here in Toronto will get together and meet with clients. So it's important for me that wherever I am is a reflection of that. So I worked first, I tried a co-working space here. It seemed good, seemed, seemed like a good fit until I started working there. And I realized it was a sad environment. There was like no real connection with people. Some of the people that were running it weren't super friendly. And I don't know, you can probably tell from chatting with me, I'm a pretty bubbly, lively person. So when I'm like, hey, how's it going? People coming in and like, there's people working there who aren't super friendly or anything like that. It was not a reflection of my brand. So I was like, nope, not it. Moved to another spot that seemed (laughs) like a really good fit. Oh, I'm like a co-working junkie until I found my current home. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Me too. (laughs) You need to find the perfect spot though because you have to be inspired and it needs to be a reflection of your brand. So I moved to another spot. It was great. Really great reflection of my brand. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I found that it worked well for meetings and things like that. Uh, Live meetings, phone meetings, for a period of time, but then it it just you know they changed some management 
and you know all of a sudden music was being played really loud so I'm on a phone call with a client or trying to do something like this and there's like music going on in the background they're like Ainsley where are you I'm like oh I'm I'm at my office and it's like no 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 like not okay um so uh, that's the thing you need to learn as well if it's not working for you move on (laughs) yes yes I did the same thing um I was starting at a very small incubator and it was okay. It was, it worked. And I realized I was like, I need, I just want a different feel for my clients. And, um, it was at that time that my contract was ending and I went, I went shopping around. I went to a few different areas here in Chicago and I just wasn't getting that feel of what I wanted for my office. And I ended up going with those who might know Regis. Regis is, um, one of the commercial uh, real estate uh, mm-hmm. companies for office spacing. And I went with Regis because little story about me. I used to be a property manager for those who know, and I used to be a leasing agent and Regis was one of our tenants. And I always loved their offices and I loved what they offered. So even that you can start from just going from the business lounge to actually having a shared office to actually renting out one of the low, one of the office spaces. And on top of that, Regis is in multiple areas internationally and um, internationally. So let's say if I wanted to go to Canada with Aisley, they would, <laughs> they would have, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, if I needed to move to Canada, I wouldn't have to shift anything. I could just, you know, tell them that I, I'm moving to Canada and my office spacing would be moved over to that new building. Or if I wanted to move to, which I'm still thinking of moving to Atlanta, they have locations in Atlanta. So I wouldn't have to buy a new room. I wouldn't have to do that. I would just switch mm-hmm. out to those locations. And I like that best because for me, I can't make a decision. It's, it's terrible. Don't ask me ever, <laughs> ever. It's bad. So <laughs> I figured if I can have a left space to move wherever I want and the offices always look that exact same I'm I'm fine with that. So and like you said, it's it's it's, it's inspirational um, to be in an office that fits what you want. And when your clients walking in, they're like, oh, this is really nice. Or it has all the electronics you need, the Skype setup, the conference room setup, stuff like that setup. That really does matter for your business. So that's I, I want another portion that I wanted to uh, touch on um, is is the branding portion of that um, the branding portion of the book like the real like my favorite I'll say that as a graphic designer so I love that you broke down fonts and also colors and the importance of fonts and colors and language that it gives off for your brand and. I love that because that's something that I learned while I was getting my degree um, in that, that fonts play a part. And I was like, there's different types of fonts. They have names for, what <laughs> you know, like, you know, yep. sans serif. They have, I'm like, what? They have names for this? <laughs> like, you knew cursive writing was cursive writing. But for some reason, I didn't know cursive was an actual type of typography. I didn't, it didn't hit me. Like, I just thought cursive was cursive. You'd be like, oh, yeah. cursive writing. Like, no, you know, <laughs> this is a sans serif. This is cursive. This is, you know, all these different typographies. I'm like, whoa, like, this is handwritten. This is script. I'm like, what is this? But (laughs) I love that part of creating a brand brand kit um, for my clients because it's that's where they really get to understand like, oh, God, this is really, you know, this is really real. And for an example, for those who don't know what me and Aisley are, are 
kind of breaking down and talking to you about is, and I'm sorry, I always bring up food and maybe, maybe, and I will say this, maybe it's because that was the examples my professor always gave me and they were good food. Cause they're great examples. That's I why know. I like, I think food and beverage, it's such a great industry. I mean, that's the industry that I, you know, primarily focus in because mm-hmm. that's just, you know, the companies that I worked with for so long. So I know yeah. the space, I love the space, but they're usually examples for a lot of professors because they know yeah. it so well. They do it so well. They spend yeah. the time the energy, the money to do it, um, mm. which is why I'm really passionate about sharing that with, you know, with smaller food and beverage companies because the mm-hmm. big guys do it so well that they're used in textbooks all the time and by yeah. professors all the time. So like take that and yeah. be able to apply it to your business. Yeah. So like what my professor broke down to me was how fonts and colors play a part on what your brain thinks they will partake in period. Mm. And so, um, I love McDonald's and I have broke broke this down numerous of times on the podcast, but I love how McDonald's colors um, and their fonts play on their brand. You know, you have red and you have yellow. That's also condiments. That's ketchup and mustard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> but exactly. Also yellow and shades of yellow brings happiness and why they probably have the happy meal, you know? And so mm-hmm. it's a lot of things that they, they, it, McDonald's probably has a top brand or is, I don't know, but you can see how their brand plays a part in how people feel. And if you guys haven't watched on Netflix founder, it's actually, I forgot his name, man, that's his name. He played Batman anyway, back in the day, but he was the guy who was the main character for founder and how he kind of stole the idea of McDonald's and built the corporation. And so he was talking about the golden arches. And I remember on that, in that episode, they were episode in that scene, they were talking about, you know, why, you know, why do we have, you know, why do you have those arches? He's like, what? That's just the letter. <laughs> you know, this is just the letter M that, you know, they came with. And he was like, no, like, why do you have the arches? Like people recognize those arches. Like that's the letter M. And <laughs> <laughs> it was funny because they they didn't think about, didn't think about that. And he was just like, you know, when I walk up, to the golden arches I just feel like I'm I'm just in heaven and it was a good analogy because that's what shapes that's what colors and that's what fonts play onto that so you know you look at Burger King and Burger King colors are the color of their food it's the color of you know the blues and stuff like that charboiled that was Burger King's new thing because McDonald's wasn't charboiled so you know they have those colors the reds the oranges and the blues that play on actually how they make their food so I, I love that you brought that broke that down as well for the audiences in the book because or the readers for the book because that is also so important and that can be like an easy breadwinner to like what your clients are, food and beverage to that person making that decision on whether or not they want to buy or not. These colors play a huge part in how we feel like yellow is happiness. Red is power. You know, blue can either be calming or sometimes depressed. So you can go well, either way. The piece is, especially with branding, yeah. is like you're not speaking to the conscious level of people Mm -hmm. so when you're using things like font like color like specific language like your experience through everything you do you're working on a subconscious level with people so if you're using colors and fonts and and design that's all shouting that you are 
you know, sustainable or you are bold, then that's working a lot, lot harder than you saying we're sustainable. Your font needs to do that. Your colors need to do that. Your tone needs to do that. That's going to work a lot harder. So it's really, really important that you are spending the time with all of those elements um, because, yeah, it's, it's programmed into us. Mm-hmm. We are, you know, we, there's a lot driving us that we yeah. don't realize. So yeah. use that to your advantage. Understand it and really, mm-hmm. like, engineer the results that you want from people. Yeah, and you talked about we're programmed like that. I, I, I always say that one thing that really stuck out to me in my visual arts class was that she said that the babies, when they're first born, they're blind. Not blind, mm-hmm. but, you know, they only see black and white. And the first color they see is red. And they always tell moms, you know, wear a red color or red lipstick and see how your baby feels. I was actually told that, y'all, by my ass. <laughs> and I was like, why? He's three months now. Look and see how he reacts. And Caleb was so like, Whoa. And I was like, oh my God, he can see red. So I was wearing red and he would just be smiling and or his eyes would be so, you know, I don't know if it, um, anybody has a baby on the show, but I do. So, <laughs> but his, you know how baby's eyes get so like bulgy because they're trying to figure out yeah, what is this? Exactly. And, yeah. And I think the same thing still happens for the color red for our eyes. Like it's a, the most recognizable color all the time. We are always used to seeing it. And so I, I love that, like you said, that we have to start paying attention to how it looks and, and what we're putting out there because it goes down as deep as the colors we choose, you guys. So Absolutely. And I would caution against, you know, choosing the colors for something because you really like it or it looks really good like go deeper than that and say what do I want people to feel right all right if this is what I want people to feel what colors communicate that and keep that top of mind versus well you know blue is my favorite color that might not be the best color for you to communicate what it is for you to communicate and and I think that that's a really big piece that a lot of people struggle with because design can be very um certain aspects of it can be you know subjective to people's own liking not liking well I don't like the color purple so I definitely don't want purple in there but it's like Guys, you got to step away. Your right. brand is is not about you. It's about serving something bigger than you. It's going back to that purpose. Right. Who is it for? Is it going to help someone feel like they are royal and they are a queen or a king for enjoying whatever it is that you're offering? Right. If that's what you really want to create with people, even if col- purple is your least favorite color, you might want to consider looking at it because your brand is not about you. It's about who are you serving and how are you improving their lives. Right. And which kind of the last portion that I want to touch on was consistency. And I always say consistency is key. Although I took my mental break, you guys, I've mentioned this, but (laughs) or you know, this is like a personal brand of mine, if that makes sense. But for a corporate brand, you have to remain consistent, you have to continue to put out great products and great content and stay in tune with what your audience and what your customers are really, really wanting. So is that something that's like a pain, a pain for your clients all the time? Or are you finding that you always have to kind of help them build consistency? Because that's one of mine. Yeah, for sure. I see that's a really big one that a lot of companies struggle with. Um, They know that they need to get you know, the, the basics in terms of we're going to put those same colors here. 
we're going to get, you know, the same logo here, but the logo is maybe not always treated the same. Um, you know, the, the language might not always be treated the same. Are you always saying the experience that people are getting? Is that always communicated the same? You are going to learn this from this. Um, you are going to feel like this after you, you know, buy this juice or whatever it may be. Um, the consistency comes across when you, when you start to like hop into the various elements in terms of like the visual and then the real strategic place in terms of like, okay, like let's say for instance, I was working with a client, they had a really, really great product. It was in the health and wellness space. She is a health coach um, that really helps people. And, you know, she offers a ton of great information for people and really, really valuable, really helping them improve their lives and their overall, you know, well-being because they're eating better and they're feeling better. They're then able to bring a different version of themselves to the world. Well, that's those are big benefits. So we better make sure that every little detail all the way down to what are you charging people? Because if you're saying that you're really going to improve people's overall well-being, well, you shouldn't maybe charge $97 because it's worth more than that. So those pieces of consistency where it's mm-hmm. like if you are trying to say that you have this massive benefit and you have a massive benefit, make sure that your price lines up to that. Make sure that, you know, your your overall messaging and your colors. If you're saying that you're super premium, maybe you don't want to use yellow. Maybe you don't want to use orange. Um, you know, what, what makes sense? So the consistency is like, if you, if you have the book, um, when you're thinking of consistency, think of like all 17 elements mm-hmm. of your brand that are laid out here and, you know, have that consistency thread throughout them mm-hmm. all. Am yeah. I saying this exact same thing through my pricing, through my fonts, through my retail experience? through all of these different pieces, you know, that, that is kind of that thread again, going back to the purpose when you have your purpose really figured out, make sure that that comes to life across everything that you do. Not only will you have really strong consistency, but that is the secret to creating a really strong brand. You have your purpose tied into everything that you do, that it becomes Mm -hmm. so clear that people know exactly what you stand for. People should never be having having to think about what do they stand for? How do they help me? It should be crystal clear every time. And when you're consistent across every single element of your brand, you make it easy for the consumer. And sim- simplicity in terms of user action, that leads to sales. So uh, uh, what is the saying that a, you know, confused mind cannot buy it won't buy it doesn't want to buy so make it simple for people and you're going to be able to increase you know your overall success of your business because people know how you're going to help them and why you help them and how you make them feel right definitely I and I'm just happy that you also broke that down too because sometimes people think consistency is just posting on social media like that is also some that is also some parts of it but it's also once like you said once you have figured out all of these principles and you you have you know put together what you will be doing from each of these principles 
that's when you just you don't fall don't fall short continue to do that and continue to bring that within your business because people pay attention to that you know your customers pay attention to that and you know I want to get to that point where I put on my sign you know in business since 1927 you know yeah yeah, (laughs) same thing you know doing the same thing and so you know that's how you get to that point with always upping that customer service always doing what you can and and putting out the best material that you can focusing on your purpose and making sure your purpose is the the steer of all things that you do so thank you so much for sharing just in general your expertise on branding in the book as well and so I want to get you into the lightning round where I always ask people who come on the show three questions and so you're ready I'm ready let's go All right let's do it so <laughs> the first question is what are some tips that you can give to someone who is looking to get into the industry that you're in or the type of business that you have Yeah, I think if you are going into owning a consultancy or an agency, I think you're going to want to figure out your processes. Number one thing, you need to figure out that you've got all your ducks in a row so that when more clients come in, you're not recreating the wheel every single time. So if you know the process in terms of, okay, how someone comes on board with you. What does that look like? What email do they get then? What is their typical timeline for things? What are the typical pricing? You know, what happens after the sale? When you know all that things, let alone how you go about doing all the things that you do, it allows you to deal with the influx of clients that come your way with with growth. So it, it allows you to propel forward faster. Yes, okay. And then the second question is, what are some do's and don'ts of trying to get into the industry or own a business um, similar to what you're doing? Yeah, so if you're wanting to go into owning a consultancy or an agency, I'd say number one, make sure that you're really fantastic at what you do. You need to make sure that you're delivering people quality results. They're hiring you to really be their savior in a lot of ways. So you know, make sure that you really have the credibility yeah. to be able to do that versus, oh, everyone's doing this. Yes. I should go and offer it as well. Make sure that you feel comfortable going to bed at night, that you're really the person to deliver that service. And if you don't have it yet, but you want to move into that area, that's fine too. Go learn from someone who's already mm-hmm. ahead of you. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that be going to work from someone who's already created what it is that you want to create, whether that be doing online courses about that, or reading Ainsley books, or reading my book, of course, (laughs) Sending Beyond Logos. Um, But yeah, learn from others that have that have gone, you know, ahead of you to to fast track to make sure that you're delivering something really right. So that's definitely something you should be doing. There's, you know, a lot of people that are um, selling snake oil always. So make (laughs) sure that you are the real deal, uh, because your business will not last the test of time if you if you do not do that um what not to do well that kind of i know right that kind of ties into what not to do as well so what not to do don't sell things that you cannot sell um only sell what you're really really good at and and also i would recommend that people really niche down 
whether that be mm-hmm. going to the the industry that you're serving. Like for myself, for instance, I primarily serve the you know food, beverage, and wellness industry. That allows me to get really crystal clear about who I'm serving and how I can help them. Um, and we do we do strategy work. So if you want someone to schedule all your social media, you know, posts and figure mm-hmm. out like. Uh, do all of that. We're not we're not that person for you. If you want to make sure that you have a strategy that's going to deliver you the results that you want across multiple channels, we can help you with that. Um, so knowing what you what you do and don't do, and and don't chase the shiny object and try to do everything and say, oh my gosh, we're a you know an agency that does every single thing. You don't want to do every single thing. Do one thing really really well for people. Good. I'm glad you mentioned that because that was, and I definitely told you guys about that. That's the kind of shift that I made within our media. Like before I was doing literally everything and I'm like, (laughs) nope, I am going to, like you said, you can either give, I can either give you strategy or I can create your brand collateral for you, you know, those type of things. But, you know, every, everything else, I am not about to tell you how to get your LLC. I am not mm-hmm. about to tell you how to get trademarked. I, look, you need a lawyer. Yeah. I'm, not, <laughs> I'm, I'm not doing it. But if you want to work with me to build your brand and your so like, I love social media as well so mm-hmm. if you want to work with me to help you get a better stronger me- stronger social media or anything like that fine i'm your girl <laughs> but i'm glad that you mentioned that and i'm i'm coining snake oil that is hilarious, <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> hashtag snake oil <laughs> and so the third question is the third question is what tools or resources resources do you use that help you run your business successfully? Oh, there are so many great tools. Uh, so the one tool that I'm really obsessed with these days is Zapier. So oh, yeah. Zapier is so fantastic because it allows everything, well, most things to become more automated. So for instance, I use lead pages, another really great tool that I would recommend for people. Um, lead pages is a great way to have really specific landing pages for whatever it is that you are, you know, promoting at that period of time or the various funnels that you may have for your business. So I can then have Zapier connect my lead pages to then my email automation service. So then automatically, as soon as someone enters their email there, they are kicked onto my email list, which then they get an automatic sequence of, of emails. So um, anything that can help mm-hmm. save time is really, really key. So I'm loving Zapier, huge tool for me. Um, and also really loving lead pages. That's a really big one mm-hmm. for me as well. And lead pages is really inexpensive. I believe it's like either $80 or so like that for just a page. But it's from to me, I think it's 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 really if you don't know how to build a website and you don't know how to do a landing page and take off that navigation like that, you're not that kind of person. Lead pages will get it one and done. You know, if you just need a generator mm-hmm. to like you said, Zapier is a CRM. If you just need, you know, some way to start generating, automating your business and you need those emails kind of going out to help you lead pages, it's it's generated to get you leads it's lead pages yeah (laughs) (laughs) so yes I'm glad that you mentioned that because there might be other people who are trying to generate leads and get more people involved um, with what they do or what they sell or possibly an ebook or whatever the case and 
you know, like you said, it's it's one and done. You set it up and you send the link out and set that link up and it's one and done. And, and like you said, that other system on the back end, the CRM, which automates everything, whew, that, like you said, that saves a lot of time, a lot oh of time. Oh my gosh, yeah. yeah, so, so huge. How can you, you know, allow yourself to do the things that you need to do um, that require like a deeper, deeper level of thought or like deeper level of connection. So when I'm not there writing every new email that comes in or making sure that this person gets added to this list, I can then be out there and spending better time, more quality time with my clients, you know, overseeing the team to make sure that what we're putting together for the clients is stronger. Um, so think about, I always like to look at my time in terms of dollars and, you know, where does that make sense? Every minute is, is money. Um, so how are you making sure that you're spending that money efficiently? Yeah, definitely. Yes, 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 yes. Well, I thank you so much, Ainsley, for coming on this show to talk about something I'm passionate about and just inspired to even look at the book and be like, mine's is coming. (laughs) (laughs) And thank you so much because you also helped me realize some things that I also need to focus on and start professing within my own media agency. And one thing that you did say was that we're small and we can only help so many. And to monetize off that is another realm of that. And I definitely need to do that as well um, for my own business. So those are those are things that for me was, you know, this year, like I have so I have so many a lot of people coming for one thing, like a retractable banner or a flyer or whatever. And then I have people that actually want strategy. So how am I going to shift and kind of kind of help those people as well? Um, and, and that might be, like you said, finding my niche and finding out exactly where I want to be in a long time in that legacy part of it. And like I said, I moved over now to really starting doing strategy with people. And so mm-hmm. if I can help you more because the productivity of me making this and me helping and speaking to you is the time is different. So I thank you um, also uh, for opening some, some things up to me about my business that I need to probably shift and change too. So just so they can make sure that they follow you, although I will leave it in the show notes below, can you please let them know where they can follow you and stay in touch with you just in case they got their phones out right now? Yeah, absolutely. So you can visit engineeryourbrand.com to learn more about the agency. And if you want to learn more about the book or if you want to get the book, you can go to brandingbeyondlogos.com. So you'll see there, there's a little bit of highlights about who the book is for. It's really for business owners with no branding experience. This is a great how-to guide to help you get there. Uh, Goes into the different areas that we were chatting about today and a few Mm -hmm. other areas. And uh, yeah, so you can hit me up there or uh, always just, you know, follow me online as well. It's just Ainsley dot moyer on uh, on instagram so that's my personal account but i uh i like to just keep it real in there so you get to see see everything that i'm up to there so yes, yeah that's, that's you can find me <laughs> go yeah. stalk her and look at all Thank the yellow you. and grays and <laughs> yes oh that's another thing i wanted to add about yeah. the the brand uh, office that we were chatting about my office now so yellow is my brand color you'll see that from the cover of the book you see it from my website like my office has yellow walls and oh, wow. it's the greatest piece the other day and I try to like integrate yellow into like 
you know, different pieces that I'm wearing and whatever. And someone the other I day. I do the same me, thing. Every time I pop out, I have on pink. Every time. Yeah. It's going to be my nails has to be pink. And the Asians get upset at me and pissed. Like, choose another color. No, you don't understand. Oh. <laughs> they know me for pink nails. <laughs> yeah, guys, you got to live it. You, you are your brand no matter how big your business becomes or how small it is right now. You know, you always have to be the biggest champion of it and live it and breathe it and everything that you do. So thank you so much for having me on here. It was so fun talking to you. I feel like I'm talking to myself half the time because we're just <laughs> so similar. It's amazing. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. So we are going to end the episode here, babes. Thank you guys for listening. Bye. Bye. You have been listening to CEO Chats with the Brown Girl CEO. If you like me that much, please make sure that you leave me a comment and a review and also subscribe. If you want to make sure that you stay connected, follow us on all social media platforms by clicking in the show notes below. Thanks and see you next week.